Hi, this is Emeka and Elandris, and you're listening to the So Far Us podcast, the 30-minute podcast where we break down a trending topic, centering the discussion on the Black millennial woman's experience, and explore what it means for us by answering with, so for us, now let's break down this episode's trending topic. Twitter user reached out to Soledad O'Brien, broadcast journalist and executive producer to be her mentor. While Twitter gets a bad rep, it's also a place for connection. Soledad responded with, let's do it lady, DM me. For some I know it's not a big deal, but for that young black woman, I know that made her world. This award-winning journalist replying back to someone's request to be their mentor, and she said yes to her dreams and goals that she's laid out for her career. I know that Meg the Stallion has been having a rough year and she's had numerous incidents that she's had to address as a new artist that probably could have been prevented had she had a mentor. As Bun B said, she lost everyone who loved her unconditionally. Ultimately, she's navigating her career alone. On this episode, our hosts will discuss what mentorship means to them. While you're here, think about what mentorship means to you. So for Alandris, I used to mentor teenage girls growing up while I was in my late teens and early 20s. It was a very eye-opening experience. Some of the young ladies have gone on to accomplish quite a bit, whether it's traveling, the world, going to college, or just changing their lives around. For myself, however, I found that I was pouring from an empty cup. While I was pouring knowledge and resources into others, my well was running dry. I began to realize even mentors need mentors. This is a mecca. So for us, I think mentorship is important, but I don't think that the incidents that Magda Stallion has faced could have been prevented solely by mentorship. And I imagine she does have some mentors in her life. When I think about the message that Magda Stallion shared regarding the loss of her mother and her grandmother, I think more so about a support system. It's not so much that those incidents that she has endured, and in my opinion, triumphantly endured, would not have happened, but that it would have been easier to endure it, to get through it, if she had her mother and her grandmother still with her. So for us, I think it is important that we are grateful for the loved ones that we still have here with us. If we still have our parents with us, our grandparents, our siblings, any loved ones that are a part of your support system. It's important to value that and to nurture those relationships, to practice forgiveness and grace. Um, But then when we talk about mentorship, I think that's something different, right? Um, A mentor could be mentoring you through life, through career, or through even entrepreneurship, right? You can have a mentor in a wide array of areas. 
And when you're talking about that, I think you should create this circle. You should certainly include people who are like mentors. So they are where you are striving to reach. But you should also surround yourself with your peers, right? And these are people who are at the same level as you, people who are currently right now enduring and facing the same types of issues and situations that you are in that area of life. And it's important that we not just look outside of our industry. You can work with your competitors as well in certain ways. You know, we need to come together because there's power in numbers and there is power in sharing our common issues, common resources, common networking. Uh, There's enough for all of us to win. And we can get there faster and easier if we go together. And then finally, you should also include in your circle someone who is where you used to be. Someone that you are mentoring. We all have faced and overcome something in our life. And that has put us in the position to be like Soledad O'Brien and say yes and be a mentor to someone else. So you need to be grateful for and nurture your support system while they're here, while you have it. And then as far as mentorship, have a mentor. Connect with your peers and be a mentor to others. All right, so on this topic of mentorship, you and I have had multiple discussions about it. Uh, We've discussed it off recording. So I think this would be a great time to bring in our listeners um, into some of the things that we've experienced. So talk about some of the takeaways that you've gotten from um, a mentor you've had in the past or what has been your experience if you haven't had a good experience with a mentor in the past? So um, the first thing that comes to mind for me when I think about a takeaway from a mentor is interesting because it actually comes from my grandmother. Um, So that's kind of both a support system, but also a mentorship, right? when you're listening to someone who has been through um, life, you know, and they're advising you on your own life, that's a form of mentorship, even if it is like a close relative, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And one of the takeaways um, that I always remember from her growing up is the worst someone can say is no, Um, because sometimes I would be afraid to ask for things Um, and that has carried into my and that has carried into um, my life career entrepreneurship everything you know helping me to um, be more willing to take risks and ask for things that I know it may be 
a no, um, but the worst that it can be is a no. And I think that that also applies to mentorship. Um, I think sometimes people may be afraid to ask someone who they would like to mentor them to be their mentor, right? Because Mm -hmm. usually if you're asking someone to be your mentor, that means that they're probably successful in whatever area that you want them to mentor you in. And usually when people are thinking about mentorship, they're thinking professionally. So you think about a successful professional, you probably assume one, they're really busy. And two, Mm -hmm. um, they have a lot of people asking them to be their mentor. So they probably can't take you on as a mentee as well. Um, And so I would advise people to take my grandma's advice and just ask, you know, the worst that can happen is they'll say no. And that's okay. But the best that can happen, like you said, with Soledad O'Brien is they could say yes. Um, Mm -hmm. So that has been one of my greatest takeaways because it really applies to everything and every aspect of life. And so it's something I always um, reflect back on. That's interesting because one of the things that um, has been very prevalent when it comes to me having mentors is understanding rejection. Um, And so one of my mentors in college was uh, Senator Wesley Bishop. Uh, he was one of the deans at the college and I went to an HBCU and he was saying that, hey, there's some scholarships that some people are not applying for. And I think you would I think you would fit the mold for this uh, 100 black women um, scholarship that they had going on. And so he's like, the worst you can do is not get selected. Mm-hmm. He said, but, but you don't know if you would get selected if you don't submit something. So I submitted my essay. It turns out I was the only person to submit this essay. Wow. And I got a $5,000 <laughs> scholarship. Wow. So wow. I'm like, I, that type of um, mentoring, and it wasn't in a sense of like we had regular check ins because he was he was also the dean of the college at the time. He wasn't the senator of the state of Louisiana at the time, but Mm -hmm. he was a dean and he was also an attorney and he had everything else going on, but he Mm -hmm. took the time to sit with me and say, you know, if you hear some scholarships that came across my desk, I'm going to send them your way. And you need to make sure that even though it seems like you're going to be, there's a one in a million chance that, you could achieve your goal, you should at least strive to be that one in a million. And so I I take, I've been learning to reflect on that type of advice because like your grandmother said, the worst that can happen is someone says no. And I think sometimes we tend to take rejection as the end all be all when in fact, Failures and rejection build perseverance. They build character. They build so much in us. And I think we're so used to seeing the grind, the success, but we don't really show the parts where we're failing upward. We're not showing those, we're not showing the the sad days. We're not showing the 
the setbacks because it doesn't look pretty. We're only showing the highlight reel. And so I personally take that little bit of advice from someone who I did consider a mentor. And I have to give you a little bit of backstory of how we met. He okay. actually used to come into my mom's barbershop to get his hair cut. Okay. And so when uh, I got into college after Hurricane Katrina, I was mentally all over the place. My mom reached out to him and said, hey, she needs to get into college. What mm-hmm. scholarships can she apply for? What does she need to do? You know, she needs to go to college. She was she had all of her essays and stuff ready. But, you know, after Hurricane Katrina, we lost everything. I wasn't ready to move away. I wasn't mm-hmm. in a place to make a really sound decision. But my mom reached out to him as someone who was just getting his hair cut. And he was like, fine, I'll take her underneath my wing and help guide her through this process. Now, what some people may envision is someone who's taking your hand every step of the way. Um, you're constantly calling them. You're constantly reaching out to them. That wasn't what it was. It was you're a first generation high school uh, graduate and college graduate. And here are some directions that you need to take as someone who's never been in an environment that experienced this before. And you contact me when you need me. But that was the relationship right. that I had with my mentor. And sometimes we we have this idea of what a mentor looks like, but it's it, it doesn't always have to be that way. And I was confused about what a mentor actually was back then. Right. Because that's what I kind of find interesting about what you're describing. Um, because in my experience with mentors and even as being a mentor, um, mm-hmm. it's typically been through very formal, structured setups like through different organizations or schools and the mentor applies to be a mentor and then they're paired with these mentees and there's even kind of oftentimes structured to this is how often you all need to meet here are some activities um, you need to do but there are also informal mentorship relationships that grow organically and that kind of sounds like what you described so I would be interested in knowing more about that mentorship relationship and what did that look like like how often did y'all meet or have a phone call Um, because I mean some forms of of mentoring may be for a very specific task um and right. that person helps to guide you in that like it could be maybe he specifically guided you on scholarships and how to get into college and that's what that mentorship relationship was or was it you know have checking the email or coffee every other month what was that what so did it look like our, for you all so in our relationship as far as mentor to mentee it was more of guiding me through the college experience as someone who did not have access to the college experience um, Mm -hmm. before then. So in addition to me meeting with him at the beginning of the school year, making sure that my um, advisor had assisted me with the right classes to finish my master's, I'm sorry, my uh, bachelor's, it was also midway through the semester Uh, I'm sorry, midway through the school year. So at the end of the fall semester, I would meet with him. And at the end of the spring semester, I would meet with him. And then at the beginning of the fall semester, I would meet with him again. But 
in between those times, I he was telling me about different scholarships um, and different opportunities that I needed to reach out to. So one experience he did uh, provide me with was uh, being a panelist for the criminal justice uh, panel that went up against the police department uh, when it was dealing with post-Katrina effects, um, post, um, what do you call that? Oh my goodness. Uh, protest, Lord, I couldn't even think protest. So there was a protest on April 1st of 2006 where we marched across the Crescent City Connection um, in response to police brutality when there was the police that had shot uh, the people on the Danziger Bridge in New Orleans East. And then there was a panel discussion where they took college students and put on a panel with city officials and wanting to address the community and how the police had been dealing with us. Um, and then there was a panel where Maxine Waters and FEMA and Ray Nagin and the mayor of uh, a town in Mississippi and the governor of Mississippi came in and you had different college students that came in. And that was another thing that he provided to me was exposure because I had never been exposed to anything like that. Mm -hmm. And that was a part of the college experience that I would have never known existed had he not introduced me to that type of world. Mm -hmm. You know, so part of our relationship was understanding the college experience, navigating through the college experience, and then being exposed to a different way of life um, and getting involved in your community. Because I had always been involved with my community through my mom, which we would serve people um, during Christmas and different things like that. But I didn't even realize there was a whole other criminal justice aspect of community service. Mm. And that kind of opened my eyes to getting involved in voting, um, community politics, and so forth. Okay. Um, so yeah, so it sounds like it um, in many ways just kind of changed the trajectory of your life and how you engage with things even today. Um, mm -hmm. So that is interesting because it's something that started for a very specific purpose but has had obviously a lasting impact. Um, so are you still in touch with him? Because I know there are some situations I've had a lot of mentors and I'm honestly, I do a poor job of nurturing mentorship relationships, but that is very important. And so this is one of those times where I say, um, do as I say, not as I <laughs> do. Yeah. It's something I'm working on and that I know I need to grow and develop, but um, mm -hmm. there are some mentorships that are, you know, for a certain span of time, either because that's how it's set up or just naturally, you know, you've moved on beyond what was needed in that time period and obviously someone who's taking the time to be a mentor for you is probably someone who's mentoring other people and so there might be other mentees who kind of need more time or whatever so I will say I am not really in touch with most of my <laughs> mentors that I have but um has your mentor relationship continued on or is it one of those that naturally kind of, you know, 
I guess. Um, I, I think away a little bit. It, it's kind of run its course. I think that yeah, exactly. it's I, I, in certain things, like in all relationships, I believe that they all have a purpose. Like, yes, absolutely. I know it's crazy, like to quote a Tyler Perry play, but there was a <laughs> there was a <laughs> section there was a section where Medea was like, your relationships are like a tree. So you have your uh, your leaves. Some people come in, they fly in, they grow, and they fall away for a season. Your branches are a little bit sturdy, but they also serve their purpose, and they fall they fall away too. But your roots are those that last with you throughout the rest of your life. And mm -hmm. so I believe that someone like Mr. Bishop was a branch because mm -hmm. he was significant in my life for several years, even before I went to college. He was coming to the barbershop, and he was talking about getting involved in politics. Like if you've been in the barbershop, then you know how barbershop talk can go from race relations to politics to selling CDs with a bootleg man. It can go all kinds of ways. And I, you know, had that type of relationship with Mr. Bishop early on. And then after I want to say maybe 2016, our relationship had run its course, mm -hmm. which was. I moved away. Mm -hmm. I no longer needed the guidance to navigate college. You know, I had gotten what I needed. And it, it's, I think when some people think that relationships end, that it's a, it's a bad thing. It's not necessarily a bad thing. You don't want to hold on to right. something that has run its course because then there could be resentment and animosity. So I, I think that for me, it was a blessing to have him as a mentor for as long as I did. And that the fulfillment of the mentor-mentee relationship was great for as long as it lasted. Do you have any mentorship examples that have lasted longer than expected? Mm. This is, I don't really have, <laughs> I don't have those experiences. So I'm actually, I guess, asking if you have any examples and related to that, then tips on how to nurture uh, mentorship relationships that would be helpful to so, those who are listening. So I think for me, I used to be a mentor mm -hmm. uh, to teen girls. So my mom I, we had a lot of community involvement. So she used to have this organization called Teens of Unity. And mm -hmm. it used to be for young girls who were between the ages of 13 and 17 um, who were not pregnant because there were a lot of organizations for young girls who were pregnant, but mm -hmm. not for those who weren't. So mm -hmm. they were, the organization was trying to get children from the inner city to get exposure to different ways of life to different parts of the city because this is before Katrina and most of the people didn't get a chance to leave the city of New Orleans outside of their neighborhood and so what Teens of Unity did was take them to the beach took them to uh, different uh, experiences like etiquette training and things like that um, and so I, I wanted to say that with them it was great but for the years that we worked together when I was younger I was 18 years old when I was a mentor but then some of the young ladies decided that that was something that needed to keep going 
with me and I believe that it started to turn into a burden after so long and I felt a level of resentment because I was like I don't know if this was supposed to stop I thought I was supposed to give up until a certain point and me being 18 is like how much could I actually give someone who's that much younger than me I can only give you within my experience and I that is an area where I can say that it took a little too long for me to understand and the relationship probably should have ended before then and it fizzled out into not a positive experience but just like a a dry cut off oh okay well that's interesting and I guess as a mentee um obviously like the a teenager is probably different but as an adult mentee kind of being cognizant and respectful of the time and the commitments, the other commitments that your mentor may also have. Um, And with that, something that, again, I said a lot of my mentoring relationships, both as a mentee and mentor, have been through um, formal processes. So they always come with tips. And one of the tips that I would often see is when you meet with your mentor and when you're contacting your mentor, come with a purpose. Like don't, (laughs) don't just meet with them to meet with them. Um, Because they have other things they could be doing with their time. So you want to make sure that you make um, any time that you have with them and that they are spending with you meaningful. Um, And I guess part of that is also making sure that the relationship is meaningful and being open to and cognizant of if you reach the point where, you know, especially if you have like set times that you meet with them, that maybe you guys kind of discuss and look into, should we meet less often or, you know, maybe it's time to kind of move on not in a negative way but just is it still meaningful productive etc right yeah um so i'm going to um just share a couple more ideas about what you can do like if you're interested in finding a mentor or being a mentor Um, so two really easy ways that I think you can do either of those things is to look to one your professional associations um, especially those targeted specifically to black women because they will often have opportunities to find a mentor formally or informally through networking, as well as um, opportunities to become a mentor. And since it's a professional organization, you know that you're already connected by your profession um, or your expertise. And then the second group uh, um, I would recommend is going through your alumni group, right? It has the same opportunities as the professional associations, um, as far as formal and informal opportunities to meet or become a mentor or mentee. And then oftentimes some of them will even have 
um, opportunities to go back and be a mentor to current students as well as incoming students or potential students, right? So like local chapters might have opportunities for you to mentor local high schoolers. So I had that opportunity with one of um, the local chapters of one of my alumni groups. Um, so yeah, so hopefully you all found uh, some of this to be useful. I'm sure many of you relate to it um, and we look forward to hearing more about your experiences with mentorship. Thanks for taking the time to listen to the So For Us podcast. Be sure to check us out on your favorite social media sites using the at So For Us podcast handle. Like, comment, leave a review, send us a trending topic you'd like us to discuss, and don't forget to hit the subscribe button. We'll talk to you soon in the best place that is so for us.